0: Hi, and welcome to the Infinite Ritual Podcast, where we explore all things spirituality, healing, and authenticity. We learn how everything that we do in life becomes ritual, from our daily simple habits to our spiritual practices, and they help us embody the most authentic version of ourselves. We are here to raise our consciousness, honor our connection to the earth, and ultimately connect through belonging and community while we are here. So, welcome. Hey everyone, as you can see from the title of this episode, it's going to get a bit vulnerable, but if the content of soul retrieval really intrigues you, I warmly invite you to check out those show notes where you can find a link to join my one-on-one soul retrieval hypnosis waitlist, and I'll reach out to you to let you know a little bit more. All right, enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Infinite Ritual Podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. This is the space where we... Learn how to express ourselves authentically, and especially in the realms of spirituality and healing and earth based wisdom, the things that light up my soul that make me feel really excited. And I am doing a solo episode today. I think solo episodes are really special. I get to be really in flow and really share from my heart. And that's what today's episode is going to be all about, is just sharing from my heart, especially after these past two weeks, I feel like I've gone through these very deep realizations and deep healing work that I've been doing, because we know if you're here that you believe healing is a continuous life journey that have made me realize how I've still been operating from these old ways and systems of believing and core wounds, even since the very first episode that I ever launched. So yeah, we're going to get into it, but let's just begin with, yeah, like when I first began this podcast in September, it was supposed to be a space for me to Own my potential and curate a community and to speak on things that are important and to just really own this identity of mine and step into it more. And it's been a journey and it's been a process. And I'm really proud of myself for continually showing up and putting this out there. And I give myself that acknowledgement and I give myself that love. We all need a little self love. But I will also say that a part of me in each episode has been showing up within a limitation of my own making, as well as taking my core wounds with me and not, uh, not fully owning my stories, not f- like I've been staying and in tiptoeing inside of these lines of how I believe I will be accepted and how I believe I will be perceived, which means that. I actually haven't been as authentic as I want to be, although yes, I have. It's not that I've been inauthentic, it's just been just authentic enough, you know, getting just enough to be here and be present with this, but not to the depth and the layers of what has been my true stories and my, my yeah, like what that really means. So, this episode, I'm going to go there. I'm going to talk about what my core wounds actually are and how I've been working through those and just the realizations that I've had the past two weeks in my life and my connection to spirit and what this has meant for me. And I hope that it is a journey for you to listen to as well. So let's just begin with really identifying and being real with myself about how I have been operating from my core wounds. And I will do so with some compassion. You know, I've spoken before about our ego and how our ego is always trying to protect ourselves and just the curiosity that we can have about that aspect and Recognizing the way that we might be protecting ourselves. So one of my core wounds since childhood has been a sense of inadequacy and insignificance. And this core wound has actually been one of the greatest catalysts for me wanting to step into greatness. Because everything exists within polarities, right? If my core wound on one side of the coin is feeling inadequate and small and unheard or not important, and, you know, not, not big enough, then on the polarity side of that, I'm going to be pushed to try to prove myself, to try to prove my value and to try to prove my bigness and to try to prove my worth. But they're one and the same because that polarities of feeling inadequate is pushing the feeling of trying to prove my adequacy. And they're the same thing. So what does it mean if I let myself express outside of this core wound of inadequacy and just Be in the flow of being myself. Now that polarity isn't driving me and I can express authentically in the moment without being worried that I have something to prove. Everything that I've done up until this point has been trying to prove myself trying to prove myself externally, trying to prove myself to myself. And I believe all of my core wounds are interconnected. They've all been operating for each other, but I do have to thank it. I do have to thank this core wound of inadequacy because it has been the driver for me pushing outside of the zones of my comfort and Really being hungry and seeking things out. But I can't rely on it anymore. You know, I can't rely on that being my catalyst because it was also the creator of a lot of anxiousness and urgency. Everything that I did was infused with a sense of anxiousness and urgency in my body and even in the way that. I have the ways that I can rely on my nervous system practices like meditation and yoga and going for walks in nature. Yes, these things are helpful, but I can't use those practices as a crutch to keep the cycle of operating from the core wounds of inadequacy that creates anxiousness just so that I can do this practice just to cycle back around to acting from inadequacy again because then it's just a continuous cycle, continuous karma, and then my practices become more about being like a band-aid versus being truly deep, deep work of really healing that wound. So that's core wounds number one. I would say core wounds number two has been a sense of unworthiness and always feeling like an outsider. I feel like those two things go together for me. Like I didn't believe for a long time, I did not believe that I deserved good things and experiences. Like I felt drawn to very Painful dynamics as my teachers in romantic relationships, especially. And I would convince myself, you know, that there was just not enough of me, you know, that there was something wrong with me and that I had to go through these painful relationship cycles to try to heal this inner hurt child from like my. Core wounding with my father, you know, the, the wounding that happened there. And that's a continuous thing too, is that healing, is that healing of the core wounds of unworthiness and feeling like, oh, well, why do I believe that I don't deserve good things? Well, I was acting from unworthiness. I was acting from trying to recreate scenarios that I lived in as a, as a child of feeling rejected or and feeling um, not emotionally supported and associating love with pain a lot of the time. So love and pain to me were like, okay, well, if I'm going through this painful, dramatic experience with this person, it must be love. You know, this is teaching me something. Um, But I'm not worthy of, and I was cynical of any form of love that was like joyful You know, or not this like chaotic hurricane, like back and forth, up and down roller coaster thing. Because that's what I was used to. That's what made sense to me, you know. So recreating those scenarios, ultimately in order to try to heal it, but also because it's ironically what felt familiar And what felt familiar to me was that cynicism, you know, that life is mostly bitter or painful and that the way that I can show up and and bear it all and be confident and fearless in the face of all of the pain meant that I was like this warrior and I rejected soft femininity. Because I considered that to be weakness. I considered that to be something that needed to be covered up. You know, I really rejected any form of the feminine that was soft. I remember, like, I just got a flashback image of me in college just wearing these tight black jeans, my black converses, and my black leather crop top, and my like red beanie, stomping around in a bad mood, writing poetry, pouring poetry out of me after pursuing (laughs) these doomed, hurricane, romantic relationships that were everything at the time. And it did form a lot of poetry, you know, and I I chased that wound like a dog chases its tail to recreate scenarios, to write them down, to live in pain, to live in unworthiness. So that I could finally relate to Sylvia Plath (laughs) and the Mad Girl's love song. Truly, I'm not kidding. It really was like that. And I have so much compassion for her. One of my realizations within the past couple of weeks and why this is so important, I think, for me to speak on has been, I've been training in spiritual hypnosis. And um, one of those parts are soul retrievals. And I have spoken about soul retrievals in a past episode. However, I've had two very strong self-soul retrieval experiences from my dreams recently in the past couple of weeks. So I'm going to tell that story kind of quickly too and why this relates to me healing these layers to this core woundedness of unworthiness and inadequacy. Um, so my dreams have been very powerful uh, lately, and I've been intentionally trying to make them so. I do believe that in dreams, we are shown things from our subconscious, that our consciousness during our daily reality just picks up and um, programs. And that when we can work with the symbolism and with the things that come up subconsciously with our dreams, we can really see the messages that need to be heard and that need to come through for us and how we can apply those messages to our daily lives. So I had two different dreams that were self-soul retrievals. One, I... I was sleeping obviously <laughs> I was dreaming uh, <laughs> and I um I found a version of myself like it was me walking as I am now into a dark room where I saw a younger child version of me with my bangs across my head and my little overalls bent over a school desk, just writing, 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 writing. And she was writing furiously and she was writing for her life. And she was writing because she like, she had to prove, she had to prove, look, look, look how much I can write. Look how good I am. Can you see me now? Can you see me shine? Look how good my writing is. Look, I'm a writer. Everyone, can you see that? Like she was just writing in the dark. And I realized that she's been writing in the dark for years. And she's been in this room for years trying to prove herself. And I went up to her and she turned around and she was like so anxious. And she just like glanced at me and then she hunched back over and she had to keep writing. I can't stop. I can't. If I stop, something bad's going to happen. She's not saying this. This is just what I'm feeling and picking up on. And I just like my heart broke and opened for her because I was like, wow, she has. She's my soul part that's been driving me. You know. So I tapped her and I said, hey, it's okay. Like I'm here. And there was kind of a back and forth of like, no, like, I can't trust you, you know, which also relates to this core wound of lack of self-trust because I tend, I tended to betray my own consciousness and morality and value system for a little while as well, you know? And she was like, I can't, like, I can't trust you. And I stayed there and I like emanated this warm glow from myself. And I was like, it's safe here now. Like I will mother you. I will be here for you. Until eventually this young soul part of mine, this fragment turned around and she just buried herself into, into me and just cried and cried and cried. And I just like cried a little with her and just held her and brought her out of that room. And I was like, I'm going to be checking in on you. You know, you're not alone anymore. We can be together now. You know, you don't have to be staying back here. Um, and I woke up. It was hard to go back to sleep after that. Let me tell you, (laughs) but I felt her like I felt her with me and she felt like she could like breathe and relax a little more, you know? And that was really powerful for me. Okay, dream number two, self-soul retrieval that I had had, was also dreaming. And it's not like before I dream that I go into it like, oh, I'm going to go on a self-hypnosis soul retrieval tonight. I'm going to try to retrieve it. No, it was every night when I go to sleep, I'm just like, um, sleep, dream, remember. That's like a little chant that I'll tell myself, but... I don't like try to lucidly drive or intend for I want authentically whatever is supposed to be worked through to come up and anyway um in the second one I found myself in the room of my college apartment that I rented with four other girls and this version of me, and this is the one who I said was wearing like the black jeans and the black Converse and the black leather crop top, And but she was writing poetry, but it was very kind of scary because she had a knife through her heart and was bleeding all onto the page. And it wasn't like, she was like writing poetry with that heart bleeding look. Pouring out. And I kind of had to go through that same process, you know, of comforting and talking to her and pointing to her, the knife, and being like, Can you see? Like this part of me didn't even know and realize that she was just bleeding her heart out. And Yeah, I had to kind of pull the knife out and staunch bleeding and heal her and cover up and bring her back and integrate her back into me as well. And that one was really hard because it was like more fresh. I feel like up until my most recent relationship, I was still that operating from that part of me and in... In love, in the in the way that I sought love, it was very much the bleeding heart, like the the painful recreating of scenarios, equating love and pain. You know. So that was really powerful too. I woke up from that one, was like, holy shit. But I now have that kind of inner child, and then later young woman healing that I, that I did from those core wounds of inadequacy and unworthiness. And that felt really powerful. And I would say it's still an integration, you know, it's still a process just because I went through that experience doesn't mean I wake up like, okay, hunky dory, like skip around my day. I am now worthy. I am now healed. I am now adequate and enough. No, it still takes integration. You know, it takes journaling and, but still, my daily practices of meditation and nervous system work and embodiment. And but now with this, this understanding and this other realization, this other layer, this new consciousness, that I don't have to continue these karmic lessons and these karmic cycles which is really nice. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I I, I feel like before I go, I do just want to mention um, that if this resonates with you, I invite you to explore what you believe your core wounds might be and how you might be operating from them and just being open and curious about that. And not condemning yourself for it. I speak on this, again, in that like previous ego dissolution episode of just witnessing, you know, and really being gentle with yourself. And knowing that you have like this inner guidance and this light and this force that is very loving to embrace Any aspect of yourself that is operating from woundedness instead of rejecting it. I, yeah, I invite you to think about what those core wounds are and how you might be operating from them and what it might be like. Maybe you write them down. Maybe you write down the way you think you're still operating from them. And then... Maybe sit down and meditate or take 20 deep inhale and exhale out through your mouth breaths as you kind of just sit with that and feel into that and see what that feels like for you and see what comes up for you. And if you want to reach out to me, if this resonates with you and you want to talk about anything that's coming up for you, my DM is open, infinite dot ritual on Instagram I really want to have these conversations you know I think up until now I've been putting my voice out into this universe this little pocket of the universe in hopes to begin conversations and I really want to emphasize that that I like really warmly welcome you to reach out to me and let me know what came up for you or what stuck with you or what resonated with you. And yeah, that's how we can, that's how we can really make a difference here. You know, that you're actively listening and being an active member of this community. And I appreciate you all so much for tuning in and being here. And I'm really looking forward to the way that This podcast now unfolds from this newness, from this new cycle. I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, please click that five-star button if you're on Spotify. I have yet to receive a written review. So if you want to be extra special and sparkly, (laughs) go ahead to Apple Podcast and type in a review there on the homepage. It really helps me feel like I'm connecting as well as seeing feedback will help continue and formulate the way this community is driven forward. And. And yeah, I've decided to kind of step away from the YouTube platform and to just focus on audio because I realized I was trying to do the most when I just don't have the capacity for all of it and being honest with myself there. Okay. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and I will... See ya. <laughs> I feel like that's such an anti climatic ending. Like, see ya. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, have a beautiful rest of your day, your evening, your nights, wherever in the world you're listening to this. I'm sending you love. Goodbye.